Okay, reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Chapter 21. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Ajnana Timurandasya Gananjana Shalakaya. Taksuran Mutam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Mano Bistam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Sayam Rupakadamayam Dadati Sapadantikam Vanchakalpa Turubhyascha Kripasindu Bhayevacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Nama Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Srivasade Gaur Vakta Vrinda <coughs> Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So greetings from New Jersey. I'm uh, looking at our participants here. We have the uh, same group as uh, this morning, less people. Uh, I'm still just as unprepared today to give class <laughs> after uh, after yesterday's wonderful celebration. And I already discussed that, the, the celebration of a principle of communication and knowledge and how it descends to us and how we should honor that. So uh, let's see how I do today. So we're just going to read Krishna book and I'm going to just comment. Krishna was very expert in playing the flute. And the gopis were very captivated by the sound vibration, which was attractive not only to them, but to all living creatures who heard it. One of the gopis said to her friends, the highest perfection of the eyes is to see Krishna and Balaram entering the forest and playing their flutes and tending the cows with their friends. So, I'm just going to say Om Agana again until some realization comes. Om Agana Timurandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Taksurun Mulatam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha. So this describes the perfection, the perfection of the eyes. In fact, Om Agana Timurandasya Gananjana Shalakaya. He opened my darkened eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. Shalakaya is an instrument, I believe, that's used for cataracts. So the whole spiritual process is to open the eyes so that we can see. But we understand that seeing is not just a matter of the senses. I described this many times. It's, it's, it's also a matter of your knowledge and it's a matter of your attitude. There's something in my eye. It's a matter of your, your knowledge and your attitude. Therefore, we're instructed that not only do we have to hear Krishna's pastimes, we have to hear it in the right way to actually be able to 
perceive them from hearing. We can see through hearing. If I say the name Prabhupada, you, I just have to wash out my eye. I just got something in my eye. I'll be right back. Okay, here I am I, again. So, <clears throat> hearing also depends on the, your knowledge and your attitude. And therefore, when we hear even this, these pastimes of Radha and Krishna, which are essential to hear. We generally do it in a particular way. When you read the first 10 cantos of the Bhagavatam, they purify your heart and they purify your intelligence. If your heart is not pure, you will see the pastimes of Krishna, or when you're here, you'll hear the pastimes of Krishna, you'll see the pastimes of Krishna through that hearing. You'll see them as mundane. And if your intelligence is not purified, then you'll see them as mythological. So, we're hearing these pastimes, we're hearing them in a very special way as they're written by Prabhupada, who is the representative of Vyasa. And I spoke about that yesterday, that principle of communication, that you have to speak the language of your audience. And Prabhupada was very expert of speaking the highest subjects in the language of the audience. So the audience can understand them as something that wasn't mundane or mythological. Actually, it's very, very logical, not logical, but reasonable. I, I, I mentioned before, I once gave, I, not one, I gave that seminar, Can Krishna Be God? Uh, can God Be Blue? A study of Krishna. And I described the reasonability of Krishna's pastimes that, and reason is based on how we see the world functions. To that degree, we can, it, it would be, I, I would reason it something like this. Everyone is looking for pleasure and pleasure is love. If that, if that is the truth here, why should it not be the truth in the ultimate reality? And our conception of the ultimate reality is therefore an exchange of, of love and the exchange of the highest love. Tvasmin parama premarup. It says in the Narada Bhakti Sutras that Tvasmin that the highest love is this universal love for God. And the principle of Radha and Krishna is a principle of love. It's that energy. And had an, I, I described that once I had a, a, an epiphany, an epiphany of that concept of, because I'm always looking to communicate things. And I was looking to communicate things communicating bhakti as the ultimate reality to, to an audience that did not yet have my conception, frame of reference or faith. And I, I told the epiphany I had when I saw a calf being born in Vrindavan, the first time I ever saw a calf being born. And right after the calf was born, it began to intensely 
it searched its mother's milk bag and the and and, and the mother intensely was so intensely was look let look um licking the calf so affectionately and then i you know I, it was a beautiful thing but i began to analyze it there's not a high there's not a degree there of cognition but so why is there this attraction immediately when the calf is born? It's not an intellectual thing. Why is it going for the mother and the mother going for the calf so, so intensely? Because there's an energy between beings in relationship called prema or love. So I understood that, that that's what the ultimate reality is. It's, it's our connection with reality and our love of reality and our feeling that love automatically. But we don't feel that because we're in ignorance and our, our consciousness therefore can't perceive that object of, of love. That's the whole principle of Maya. The whole principle of Maya, Maya, not this. How do we look at God's energy? We see it as not God's. And because we see it as not God's, we can't feel that connection. Prabhupada said when someone does become Krishna conscious, he's actually thrilled at every moment. And I, why is he thrilled at every moment? Because he's seeing and feeling God at every moment. So... He opened my darkened eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. We chanted, Omigana Timaranda Syagananjana Chakshur Unmulatamyena Tasmai Shri. He opens my darkened eyes with the, the torchlight of knowledge. Um, and then you know you see it you feel it and that feeling of it is so much different than the the conditioned pleasure we have of that feeling of lust and ego this is something not from the heart which is selfless and pure it's not that conception that it's about me and I'm in the center and I'm the controller and I'm the enjoyer and I want more of this for that reason. You can see the disconnection between the heart and the senses when they're not connected in the right way where, where, this, where, where, where the, the understanding and that connection invokes, that sense invokes, let me serve, let me give myself. And that's prema to the maximum degree. That is the ultimate pleasure. That is, that, is, that is a shakti, a potency. That is a shakti or potency of God for his pleasure. That's his pleasure potency. And if we have a conception of God, we can't even conceive how much love and how much pleasure that is. We may get a, 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 we may get a drop of that. Which is called Nama Bas, just like there's the, the sun is not in the sky, but it's in the horizon, so the heat and light is there. And so we may get a drop of that to give us faith. But what is our priyojana tattva? What is our ultimate goal? It's to actually feel that. And that's what's being described in the 10th canto, which we could misunderstand as, some, as that mundane energy of lust if it's not couched in this wonderful understanding, the wonderful descriptions that Prabhupada gave. Anyway, we start here, Krishna's entering the forest and, and it's so beautiful. 
and he becomes inspired to blow his flute. We know we have that description in the 15th chapter of the 10th canto that Krishna is blowing his flute out of joy, out of joy entering the forest of Vrindavan. And out of joy comes for two reasons. One, to give joy. He wants to give joy to that whom he, whom Krishna loves. And he feels joy in, in, in connection with that whom he loves. So Krishna is blowing the flute because he's entering the realm of love, the environment that is love, that facilitates love and is the support. Oh my God, you, 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 you've always heard me talk about the boy who's from this Hasidic Jewish family who's six inches. I wish I could show you this. Now there's two of them. There's no parents around. And they're wheeling these little carts. Now there's three of them. <laughs> Do you want to know what I'm talking about? In Waves of Devotion, I wrote this article called The Jewish Alachua. They just seem so happy and satisfied and the three of them are together. I got this window, I'm facing this window, so. Um, one of my favorite sites. <laughs> <clears throat> so, and the other thing is, is that he's blowing his flute. And I describe that, and I describe it in Bhakti Rasa Mitha Sindhu, it, it, it lets you know that the highest, that the, the highest sense of being is not position, it's personality. And what is personality? Personality means love. Mother, lover, friend, child. When that is manifest, a person's love in those type of relationships, that's the highest manifestation of, of, of being. So we worship Krishna, he, he's all attractive because he, he's the fullest manifestation of love. He's the fullest manifestation of love. So he's all attractive. He's all attractive. And that means when you actually have the eyes to see him, when you actually have the eyes to hear him, hear his flute or hear his holy name. What you're hearing is not just a sound vibration, you are hearing a heart. You are hearing the heart of God in his relationship with you. And so Krishna blows his flute and the gopis are hearing that flute and they begin to remember is, is, is they're seeing from hearing, they're seeing, they're remembering his pastimes. They're remembering his pastimes. And it was so attractive and it's so attractive to anyone who hears Krishna's flute. To anyone who hears Krishna's flute because you'll hear Krishna's love for you. And therefore there, there, this gopi from her heart is saying that this is the highest perfection of the eyes to see Krishna and Balaram, which is to feel Krishna and Balaram in the relationship with one entering the forest, playing their flutes and tending the cows and their friends. Prabhupada comments, Persons who are constantly engaged in the transcendental meditation of seeing Krishna literally, of seeing Krishna internally and externally by thinking of playing the flute, entering the forest and tending the cows with, with the cowherd boys, 
have really attained the perfection of samadhi. Samadhi is, is complete absorption. The two highest stages of yoga are dhyana and, and uh, samadhi. And they're both constant uh, absorptions. Constant means like when you pour oil, there's no space in between it. And something is flowing like that. Oil is flowing. There's nothing in between it. Your mind is flowing towards Krishna. Samadhi for an hour and a half without any thought. Dhyana with an hour and a half without any thought. So what's the difference between dhyana and samadhi? Samadhi, the absorption is so deep that there's not even cognizance that there's anything outside. Sometimes if you daydream, you forget what room you're in. You're not even cognizant. You don't even know where you are. You have to kind of look around. So it's like daydreaming with Krishna is samadhi. You're so absorbed in Krishna and you're so absorbed because you're feeling it so deeply. So Prabhupada's saying this is, this is samadhi. This is the highest samadhi. This is what they're thinking. Krishna entering the forest, playing his flute with the cows and hearing that. And not only hearing that, but seeing that, but feeling that. Even when Krishna puts his foot on the ground of Vrindavan, it's not just a foot hitting a ground. There's consciousness involved. There's feelings for the earth. There's feelings for the earth who, who accepts Krishna's foot as the tilak, which I do not have today, so I can't make my point. This will show you what I'm like today. Thank God I'm able to give these classes. It's amazing. It engages me in Krishna's service. But it was such a wonderful, absorbing day yesterday. And then there was a, a, a two-hour drive afterwards to... Um, come back where I am, because it wasn't in Jersey, it was upstate New York. And then, um, I never do well traveling anyway, so somehow I forget my tilak, but the footprints of Krishna on the ground of Vrindavan are the tilak. And it's not just a marking, it's a consciousness. And it's described, it's the consciousness, I belong. And, and that's one feeling in relationship that's beautiful. I think maybe we, we had some nice community feeling yesterday. I think people felt very satisfied there that we have a community. And I was saying that perhaps, because you're hearing from me regularly, one of the, and it used to be the Vyas Puja was my day. We didn't have because I had phone classes for a while, but, but even before that, I didn't have it, what, what, what we had. And even I was, it is, we, we had these functions and it was just disciples in New York at that time and we had these functions. So I think one of the joys yesterday was community, the feeling, I belong. It's a feeling of love, I belong. So the earth has feelings with, with, with Christian's footprints it won't erase Krishna's footprints. It says, I belong. And Krishna, it, 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 when he, he feels the earth, he's feeling love because this is the ground that maintains and sustains all my pastimes. Samadhi trance means absorption of all the activities of the senses <clears throat> in a particular object. That includes the mind. <clears throat> and the gopis indicate that the pastimes of Krishna are the perfection of all meditation and samadhi. It's confirmed the Bhagavad Gita that anyone who is always absorbed in the thoughts of Krishna is the topmost yogi. 
because the absorption of the heart is much more powerful than the absorption of the intellect. When I teach Japa meditation seminars, when I teach Japa meditation seminars, One thing I show to illustrate this principle that yogi nam api sarve sham madgate nataratmana shradhavam bhajate yomam samayukta matomitaha. Of all yogis, one who worships me with faith and devotion is the highest of all. So, what is yoga? Yoga means to fix the mind on one object. <clears throat> one who worships with faith and devotion is the highest. Why? Because when there's an emotional connection between the object and your mind, the absorption is much higher. And in that regard, I tell one story. I don't know if I heard it or made it up where someone put through people, put through people through a meditation where they, they, they're in the Himalayas and they're going to a, a master yogi to learn meditation. And he greets them and I put them through this whole thing. And then he puts them in a room and the room is locked and he helps them in. And they look around the room. There's all wet bed and the room's cluttered. The, the yoga master told me your first instruction is the paper that's on the bed. And he, he gets in an asana, he's ready to meditate. And the message says, there's a cobra in the room, don't think of it. <clears throat> and everybody doing this meditation is laughing. Don't think of it. Don't think of it. Because if, if, if there was a cobra in the room, that's all you would think about because you have the emotional connection. <clears throat> this happens to be fear, which the, the, it's not as, the most consequent absorption is that of love and the highest love is bhakti, but they get the idea. They get the idea. And that's why the bhakti yogi can be the highest yogi. <clears throat> it's confirmed in Bhagavad Gita that anyone who is absorbed in thought of Krishna is the topmost of all yogis. I love that. What happens when I make a comment and then I, oh, Prabhupada's referring to the same verse. Another gopi expressed her opinion that Krishna and Balaram were tending the cows with the cowherd boys here, just like actors going to play in a dramatic stage. Well, guess what? What is it called? Drama as a Way to Salvation? There's a famous book written by a scholar about Raghunuga Bhakti, Acting as a Way of Salvation. The ultimate reality, the ultimate reality is a the ultimate reality is a drama that's why we have the most amazing concept that the supreme absolute truth is both sarvagya and mugdata he's all-knowing and forgetful why is he forgetful because if he doesn't have an energy that allows him to be forgetful. He can't, he can't experience drama. And drama brings emotion to, to its height. And therefore, if Krishna was all knowing, then he wouldn't have the feeling of that beautiful pastime in Mankutir and Vrindavan on the top of the, where there's the painting of Krishna bowing down to Radha and crying, 
with, with the tears bathing her feet. Because she was upset with Krishna for various reasons and Krishna he really thought she's she's he didn't think oh, I'm all knowing where would the drama be so Krishna appearing like an actor on a dramatic stage it just he's so stunning probably the, the nectar of devotion try it is sometimes describing Krishna's dress as gorgeous the excellent actor, excellent dancer with the peacock feather. He's seen. Carnio carni karyam with beautiful tulips in his ears. Barpidam natavarapabu carnio carni bibrad bishad. Konika kapisam golden silken. Vajianti chamalam with beautiful garland. Krishna was dressed in a glowing garment of yellow, Balaram in blue. They held new twigs of mango tree, peacock feathers, and bunches of flowers in their hands. Dressed with garlands of lotus flowers. A lotus is a flower which we don't see, but sometimes you go to see a lotus growing in water. It, it, it looks transcendental. It just looks like it, it's not of this realm. They were sometimes singing very sweetly among their friends. So where there's love, there's singing. Where there's love, there's singing. And the singing enhances that love. So what would the singing of the spiritual world, why would there be singing in the spiritual world? And they're singing and the coward boys are singing and this kirtan of the coward boys. And it's Mano, Yanni, it's very, the deep, wonderful melodies. Shinai, it's, it, it's manifest from the bhav, not the passion. And that type of kirtan, that kind of singing, it gradually builds up as you're singing and the singing is increasing the emotion. The emotion is increasing. And gradually, gradually, as the emotion increases, then the tempo increases. Not from the mode of passion, let me go very quickly. I remember when we used to, when I was to come to Prabhupada's room and and we were going to do kirtan his last days and, and you had to go by his secretary to Mal Krishna Maharaj. And uh, Prabhupada was so sensitive at that time because he was very ill that he can hear a door shut in the, in the guest house and it would, it would be very difficult for him so tamal krishnamart said do kirtan he said but not this hari krishna hari krishna 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 hari 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 ram hari ram 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 hari hari krishna hari krishna very very melodiously so manogyani to the mind it's very enchanting because of the melody and anurupita it's very appropriate for the occasion Certain music serves, serves certain occasions and certain music 
it serves different times of the day. So occasion and day, and, and it's and it's very, very deep from the heart. So this is such this singing of the cowherd boys is just something extraordinary. Now we're going to hear some of the expressions of the gopis. One gopi told her friend, how is it that Krishna and Balaram are looking so beautiful? Because it's a poor vita. It's unprecedented. Unprecedented means never before. So every time you see Krishna, the next time you see Krishna, it's better than the first time. And that actually should be our study of the Shastra and the chanting of the holy name. If we're steady and we put our heart into it, it should increase. Never before, never before. So how is it that Krishna and Balam are looking so beautiful? Another gopi said, my dear friend, we cannot even think of his bamboo flute. What sort of pious activities did it execute so it is now enjoying the nectar of Krishna's nectar of the lips of Krishna, which is actually the property of us gopis. So this is a high emotional state of prema or love. And there's all kinds of subsidiary emotions. This may even be some kind of transcendental jealousy. Must be how the bamboo flute became envious of the bamboo flute. But why? Because out of love. <laughs> I really want to be with you. I really want to. Krishna sometimes kisses the gopis. Therefore, the transcendental nectar of his lips is available only to them. So the gopi asks, how is it possible that the flute which is nothing but a bamboo rod is always engaged in enjoying the nectar from Krishna's lips, because the flute is engaged in the service of the Supreme Lord, the mother and father of the flute must be very happy. And that's where, it, where it's born, just from the mother. So why not? If this, is the, if, if this is the highest love, why wouldn't it absorb the consciousness in so many various emotions and that's not absorbed the consciousness. One is just feeling it and being overwhelmed with this love. The lakes and the rivers are considered to be the mothers of the trees because the trees live simply by drinking the water. So the waters of the lakes and rivers of Vrindavan were in a happy mood full of blossoming lotus flowers because the waters were thinking how is it that our son, the bamboo rod, is enjoying the nectar of Krishna's lips? The bamboo trees standing by the banks of the rivers and the lakes were also happy to see their descendants so engaged in the service of the Lord. Just as persons who are advanced in transcendental knowledge take pleasure in seeing their descendants engage in the service of the Lord. The trees are overwhelmed with joy and were incessantly yielding honey, which flowed from the beehives, beehives hanging on their branches. So it says everything has become ecstatic because they see their children connected with Krishna's service. And I mentioned that this morning in the... Uh, most of you were there this morning somehow, but I, I kind of gave a review of Vyas Puja, but I gave another Vyas Puja lecture in class and, and I was talking about some of the children in their offerings, not children, but who grew up and how much pleasure the parents got from that. How much pleasure when you're a child 
loves Krishna. One who is knowledgeable, that's their pleasure when they have children. When their children take to Krishna consciousness. Another Kopi spoke thus to her friends about Krishna. Dear friends, our Vrindavan is proclaiming the glories of this entire earth because this planet is glorified by the lotus feet of the son of Devaki. So they're perceiving pride being in relationship to Krishna with the earth, and it's true. Everything is personal. The earth, the glories of the earth. Wow, and we're on the earth. And not only on the earth, and I can't stress this enough. Krishna appears once in the day of Lord Brahma, which is a thousand times four million three hundred thousand years. That's a day of Lord Brahma. And in that one day of Lord Brahma, there are there are 14 Manus or universal emperors. So each Manu lives 72 yuga cycles. And in the day of Lord Brahma, Krishna appears in the day, because he appears every day, he appears in the seventh Manu, which is Vaivishvatamanu. He appears in the seventh Manu. And there's 72 yoga, because there's 14 Manus in a thousand years, each Manu lives 72 yuga cycles. And Krishna appears in the 29th yuga cycle. So if you look at 29 to 72, it's almost half, it's less than half of the day. So Krishna appears something like 1138. And in that minute, Krishna appears and Lord Chaitanya appears. And this is going to be startling. This is going to be hard to understand. By some fortune, we appear in that same minute. <laughs> we appear in that same minute. We're meant for Krishna's pastimes. We're meant for Lord Chaitanya's pastimes. And we have to take a veil of that opportunity. And the world is moving so that we... The world is moving so that we take a veil of that. Because it won't allow us to take a veil of very much else. The trees were overwhelmed with joy and were incessantly yielding honey, which flowed from the beehives hanging on their branches. So look at the world of love. It means that everything is meant to be offered in love, offered in universal love, which is offered to Krishna. That's the reality. And Krishna, being the Supreme Personality of God, it accepts everything. And it's eternal. There's no time. There's no material time. It's sequential, but every minute is eternal. And Krishna lives in that realm. And therefore, every flower is blossoming to be offered to Krishna, and every flower is picked by Krishna. 
and the, the trees are oozing honey. The trees are overwhelmed with joy and they're offering and Krishna is accepting everything. So um, I'm going to kind of end today because it, it was a long yesterday. I gave class today, but um, Jamuna Jaya, you could just say what today that kind of starts things off. Hey, Bill thank you for your wonderful class. Um, that last somehow. Oops. Uh oh. <laughs> Am I better now? Is it me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's my. It's where I had my phone. Sorry. Um, that last point of that in the spiritual world, it's sequential but also eternal is a little bit of a mind blower. But I I get it. But I. I I love that you said that because I always sort of wondered about that. They say that everything's eternal in the spiritual world, but then things get keep going on. But that explanation was was so wonderful. Because God is not limited by time. So we try to put it under the microscope of our own brain. But God so is nice. not limited in that way. Yeah. So and the other thing I just the the image of the the trees and the rivers being happy for their children the flute uh, it just brought back a memory when um shama and diana um masla were initiated by ranav swami their their mother who i believe is a god sister of yours right she she was there and ranav uh, swami asked her to say something and she said she said now uh, now i have fulfilled the mission of my life seeing your children being initiated and i remember i watched it on a video it was so moving but i was just thinking of that which you're saying about the trees and the rivers for their children the yeah. wow that's so nice that's okay jamuna jaya thank you gail do you have any comment okay maybe she's okay yeah i am um, um we're not supposed to put the time under the microscope of our minds, but I'm just wondering that, yes, in the spiritual world, there is sequence of events, Yeah. but do they have the concept of past, present, future? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But you know, but the way I've understood the distinction between material and everything under the microscope of your mind. <laughs> I know what can I do, Maharaj? What can I do? But yeah. you know, the, the, the distinction that I've I've heard between material and spiritual time is that in material time, although there's sequence in both, it's just that in material time there is no deterioration. Well, that's one of the aspects. Uh, it's one of the aspects. Anyway, mm -hmm. I came up with that, and that, that's my realization. Mm -hmm. Okay. I saw most of you this morning. If anybody else wants to say hello, or you want to say hello again, it's okay, too. <laughs> or you have a comment or something you appreciated about the class. Hare Krishna Gumaraj. Tota Gopinath here. Haribo. Thank you, Shori Radha. Haribo. Good. Hello, Maharaj. It's Isabel. How are you? Good, good, good. I wanted to make one simple comment. Um, when you were speaking earlier about the calf and being born and the mother and uh, the child being so attached to the mother and the mother being attached to the calf, right? And I think to myself, my kids are 28 and 30. I still feel the same. It just doesn't go away ever. <laughs> well, they say the highest love in the world is the mother for their children but it's a good thing you feel the energy when you see them absolutely but, but <laughs> the, the your eternal relationship is with krishna mm -hmm. and that energy is perfected in, in in that relationship okay thank you isabel thank you okay good anybody else hey krishna maharaj it's indira I, will. Hey, Krishna. I just wanted to comment. I'm not going to get this 
correct in terms of time, but I was thinking about how you said that Krishna appeared and doesn't really appear very much, very often, right? In millions of millennials or whatever. And, and just thinking about how I'm always thinking, oh, my karma, I'm really like burning off some really serious karma here. But then to remember or appreciate, wow, you know, I did meet the devotees. I did get a sense of who Krishna is. And just to constantly remember that part instead of always thinking about the, the not so great, right? <laughs> nice point, right. I'm, I'm, I'm more on the optimistic side, maybe too much. <laughs> but I think, I think it's a legitimate thing that there, there is, some, like, like my godbrother Partha Sadati Goswami, he had that realization, you know, that all, and Prabhupada appearing and he, he respects, he met it. I think he offers prayers to like 200 godbrothers and god sisters in the morning, but in the consciousness that they practically appeared in Lord Chaitanya's Leela practically appeared in you know Prabhupada's Leela, which is Lord Chaitanya's Leela. So there is a way we can look at things in a very positive way. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else like to say hello? Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj Narmasaki here. Thank Hare you for Prabhupada. the wonderful class. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hare Krishna Maharaj. This is Shore. Shore, Hare Krishna. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Maharaj. I saw also, I think you were on yesterday. That was good. Thank you, Maharaj. Okay, thank you. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. It's Missy. Thank you for class and thank you so much for yesterday. It was beautiful. Great to see you and Ed. Thank you. <laughs> he had a nice time, I think. Yes, he had an amazing time. He's right here. Ed, say hello. Hey. Okay. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Thank you for everything. I had Great. a really, really good time. Everybody was so welcoming. Uh, can't wait to do it again. Great to see you, Ed. Wonderful. Same Wonderful. here. And we'll, we'll, on the wishes of Missy, we'll get you down to Columbia one day. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you, Maharaj. <laughs> Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Shyam Kishore here. Oh. Hi, Bo. Haribo, Hare Krishna. Thank you for the class. Thank you for cooking those samosas yesterday. They were so good. <laughs> You're welcome, Maharaj. <laughs> and the multicolored quinoa. That was also really good. It was very nice. And Pakora, sandal. <laughs> I'm just trying to, don't say it. I'm trying to show him my mystic power. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and the cranberry chutney and the asparagus subji. Oh, and yeah. cauliflower and potato that are roasted. <laughs> okay. Anybody okay, else? Say hello. Hello. Okay. I'm going to head out today and going to heat up some of that jackfruit subji from yesterday. Okay. Bunch of copa through your soccer.